Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 256, Managing Our Stress Levels. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host... Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world. It's good to be back with you, and I hope you're not too stressed. Because there's more and more of the planets are now turning retrograde, which means more introspection, more perhaps slowing down of outward activity. And this is going to be increased as Mercury also goes retrograde from August 23rd to September the 15th. This time, it shouldn't cause too much stress because it's also trining Uranus, which is all about new ideas and innovation. So be prepared to write down any thoughts you might have. This is Mercury in a journal, any dreams that may be significant, so that this is a time for fertilizing those ideas. And then perhaps as Mercury moves forward mid-September, you'll put those into action. But I wanted to talk generally about stress, so don't get stressed, but partly because I've heard so often health practitioners, patients telling me, oh, my illness is due to stress. And of course, I start to explain that actually this is not entirely true, but it's become so ingrained in people's minds that they see this word as the problem. But what I want to explore with you is there are many different types of stress, and we all have them within us, and that stress is also a healthy part of our lives. It's what gets us out of bed in the morning. So it's a motivating energy. And in true terms, it is known as the energy that pushes against an object to move it forward, to motivate it, to transform it. So a little bit of stress is really good for us. Otherwise, as I say, we wouldn't get out of bed. But too much stress, where we feel overwhelmed, I think would be better to call strain, when we feel, ah, I'm out of control, I can't take more. And although I'm not going to use that word strain, I want to describe that there are different levels of stress that are healthy and levels that are not, and why this happens in our life. It reminds me that back in oh, the early 1980s, when I was working as a general practitioner in, in Essex in England, I got involved with a group of teachers known teaching a subject known as Relaxation into Living, a lovely title. This wasn't just about meditating or being still. It was how do we find relaxation in the midst of our busy lives? And I really appreciated the ability to be creative and describe different ways that we can use our breath, exercise, make five minutes for ourselves in the day, anything that we can do to break a cycle. And I remember one gentleman who was being part of this course, I said, how's it working for you? How's it helping you? And he says, well, when I'm hanging, and those of you who live in London will understand this, when I'm hanging from one of the straps in the underground or the tube, as we call it, I go back into my relaxation mode. 
And he says, I don't get so upset when everybody's pushing against me or I can't find a seat. And I think that's the important part of relaxation. It's not, again, oh, I'm going to take time out and sit in a lotus position. It's how do I find that center point, that zero point in the midst of chaos? And I think we all need that at certain times. But as I described, we also need levels of stress, motivation. So if we see stress as an inspirational, motivating energy that doesn't just get us out of bed in the morning, but actually starts to help us to transform ourselves, to move ourselves forward, we can see that this is healthy. As I was studying stress, I came across the Hansella curve. This is many decades back. But Hansella created this curve where he said, <laughs> in a perfect world, we wake up in the morning with zero stress. I know that's not true for most of us. We are calm. We're saying, wow, there's the new day. What a fabulous day it's going to be. <laughs> that's point zero. And as in this curve, as the curve is rising, when someone asks us to do something or when we're actually saying, okay, I'm going to put my energy into this project, we are focused, we are well concentrating on this, we find all our heart is working well towards this project, our breathing is natural, our brain is alert, and that when someone adds, adds a little bit more stress to us, we can go, wow, this is great. <laughs> I know that's all how you live your lives. So on the upward curve of this hand seller curve, we actually find ourselves in a good position. And I'm sure you've all been to that place where you're saying, wow, I, you know, whether it's your art or whether you're writing or you're at work or it's in your playtime, you are feeling that wonderful relaxation. Yes, I hope so. However, many of us do not start the day at the zero point. We might start the day at the top of the curve before it starts to descend. Or for some of you and me, <laughs> you may already be on the descend because that's the phase where extra stress, someone asking you to do something just a little bit more, a little bit more time, sends you over the edge, yes? And that's when we start to become unfocused, unable to cope, hypersensitive to sounds and lights and pressure on us. And we get depressed, we get anxious, and eventually we call it burnout. And it's that level of burnout that I think is far more common than people give it credit for. In other words, I think that we saw illnesses such as fibromyalgia, ME as we call it in the UK, chronic fatigue syndrome, whatever word you want. But to me, it's burnout. This is, I cannot take any more. And I either need to take time out <laughs> or I'm going to collapse and many a time that is the, the signs that we get. We, we say, I can't get out of bed in the morning or my muscles don't work or I, I feel depressed or I just can't do it again. And maybe you've been in that place. I certainly have known that time 
when one more little question or one more little bit of stress sends me over the edge. And of course, anybody who's experienced PTSD, and I think we're not just talking about someone who's been in a war or been in a very difficult situation, many people are experiencing PTSD just from the day-to-day living. And I think that we need to honor the fact that many are starting the day at a high level of stress. Maybe in your dream state, it's stressing you. And that level of stress is being compounded by effects around you. That makes sense? So what we're looking at is how do we reduce our stress level so at least we're not on the downward spiral? And part of that is recognizing that that's happening to us. Because in my teaching of holistic medicine, I ask people, what happens to your body when you get stressed? Or how do you feel emotionally when you are stressed? And they often look at me like, well, I don't know. So this is a really good starting point because I, if we are going to accept that illness may have a part connected to stress, then we need to understand the first signs that something's going wrong. So I ask you, what happens when you get stressed? What happens to your body? And you might say, ah, yes, my jaw gets tight. My breathing gets shallow. My stomach feels tight. Um, I, I, I don't want to be there. I feel a bit crazy. So I ask you to really start listening to your body and saying, what are the very first signs that you know that you are under stress and stress that is now strain? And then my next question is, what happened? (laughs) What was going on to cause this? Because I know that there'll be times in my life where I'm I'm going along, da-di-da-di-da-di-da, telephone, call I don't want to hear. All of a sudden, I have no energy. I feel tired. I feel cold. I feel disheartened. (laughs) And I have to say, okay, what happened in that telephone call? What happened when that person came into my, my home or whatever it is? What was triggered? Make sense? And the likelihood is the trigger is triggering a belief system. So it's probably triggering a belief system, one that is negative to you. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Everybody else is better. Don't ask me for something more. I'm, I need to be responsible. I'm not responsible enough. Something gets triggered at that moment. Now, we're not talking about the sort of stress that's going to you know, be natural, such as a car accident or something. We're talking about day-to-day stress that says, what is the thing that happened that made you or I feel that we could no longer cope or that we were stressed? And where do we feel it in our body? And what happens in our, in our heads? How do we feel? What's the emotional outpouring? And until we get a handle on that, we can't work with the stresses in our normal life. That makes sense? Because it's likely that any external stress, again, putting aside anything that's huge, 
but it's more likely to be affecting our minds, our belief systems. And to be able to say, wow, look how that one person's comment changed the way I felt about myself or made me feel that I was inadequate or something. I'm just giving examples that I've heard. And we go into a spiral, a spinning. And then my next question is, what then do you do? Sometimes we don't even know we're doing that. I mean, sometimes it can be something like, oh, I've got to take a deep breath, or you might put your hands somewhere like, oh, I can't breathe. But we also have perhaps have a habit such as, oh, I go quiet. Oh, I become defensive. Oh, I try and justify myself. Oh, I turn away. So it might be in your body language. It might be what you do. What behavior follows on from the stress of some belief system being triggered. And if you don't know, your family probably will, or your friends. Like, ha-ha, there you go. <laughs> you've disappeared, or you've gone quiet, or you got aggressive. What happened? And it's not enough just to say, oh, that's just how I am. What was triggered? And I know I'm repeating that, but that's so important. Because we cannot change that behavior without understanding the belief that goes behind it. And I'm not a great believer, as you've probably heard me say, in affirmations. Because however much I might say, no, I'm very confident, I'm very confident, my inner being says, no, I'm not. So we have to change our behavior, this is NLP sort of language, that says, okay, instead of hiding away or shrinking away or getting aggressive, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to <laughs> literally perhaps step forward, just lean forward in my body. I'm going to lean back. I'm going to pick up a cup of tea. I'm going to walk out and have a walk. Take, changing our behavior is the first step to changing our beliefs. But unless we understand that we're being stressed, we cannot change them. Then we can start to say, okay, oh, well, what happened was that I felt that I was being asked to do too much. Again, I'm using examples that have been shared with me. So what do I need to do after I have changed my behavior? I need to say to people, you know, I need to only work on the things that are in front of me. And when I've stopped working on the things that are in front of me, then I'll ask if there's something else I can do. Or I need to say, no. <laughs> Well, then, yes, I can handle it. So what is it that needs to change in the way you interact with other people or state your claim about what your needs are? Maybe it's time to say, actually, I need to take care of myself in this moment. Then I'll come back to you. And that's so important. And it's so small. And so what I hear people saying is actually what I found I need to do is I, before walking through the door and all my family suddenly asking me for help or telling me their stories, I need to say, stop. I'm just going to go and sit in the garden with maybe a glass of wine or something. Or I'm going to go and lie in a bath for 20 minutes. And I hear a lot of people say I, they actually drive around before they get home to, to de-stress themselves. So I say to you, what do you do to de-stress yourself and literally find your own equilibrium? Now, it might be meditation, but it might be, as I say, sitting quietly, 
having a glass of wine. It might be actually saying, let's just quieten ourselves down and then I'll ask you how your day's been. So finding ways of changing the behavior is so important. It's literally creating a structure. Now, we all know that the big stressors, and they always have this list, death, death obviously not your death, someone else's death, death, divorce, moving house, um, illness, all of these are huge stresses. And obviously accidents, losing someone you love, but all of these things are huge. And so that's why it's commonly said don't move house in the first year after some major stress. And of course, most people do. They get divorced, they move house, they, you know, and then find out why they're so stressed. Interesting, at the bottom of the pile is holidays, family holidays. They're very stressful. So there's a lot of stresses and being able to, to say, wow, I'm getting up tight about meeting my family or <clears throat> being with my family is a really important thing to say, what makes me uptight? Rather than just saying, I'm going to battle through it. Okay. Then the last thing I want to say here is recognizing when you are in overdrive, you can't do anymore. And taking time out, frankly, not saying I can push through this. Because when your energy field is so blown and you are now affected by bright lights or too much noise or you can't eat, that's when your aura or your solar plexus is just so expanded, you really are not in a healthy space. So taking time out, going into nature, finding a balance there, doing healthy exercises, whatever that is for you, finding a calm space. Sometimes it's reading, sometimes it is watching something. What is it that calms you down, puts you back into your body? That's really important. And there are other stresses that we know. For instance, a type A personality, which many people are, is a person who actually feels unstressed when they're busy and in control. So they love it when they've got lots of things on. They get stressed when they're having a holiday or a weekend. And again, as a doctor, I remember people saying, my goodness, my migraine is really bad during the weekend. Oh, I, I can't believe it. I got sick while I was away on holiday. That's because the immune system of a type A personality is dropping when they're not in control, when they feel that they don't know how to deal with unknown stresses. They're the people who always plan every holiday just to make sure that now I'm in control again. I'm planning my holiday. <laughs> so are you a type A personality that gets sick when you don't have anything to do? And that means it doesn't say don't be a type A, but find ways of releasing the stress in a more efficient way every day. Taking five minutes every, every hour and just to breathe out, to be quiet. Breathing out is much more important than breathing in. We all breathe in very well, but relaxing and breathing out, rooting yourself into Mother Earth. I think that should be an essential part of every business, every school, I remember certain places I visited in India, they would have a gong or a bell ring and everybody would just quieten for five minutes. Much more effective and efficient 
than rushing, 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 rushing all the time. And then there are type B personalities. They're different. They get stressed when someone asks them to do something. Of course, you know, yeah, it probably isn't you if you're listening to this podcast. And type C personalities were type C were cancer personalities. People, 85% of cancer patients, clients, myself, are nice people. We don't get angry. We don't let anger come out. So finding ways of being able to say no, finding ways of not necessarily being angry, but being able to say, this isn't right for me, or I need to not be such a pleaser, if you know that you're a type C personality. So I would suggest to you that those simple ways, finding ways of just calming yourself down. And I just want to move into another place, a place that represents a particular neurotransmitter called dopamine. And dopamine is the reward hormone. It, it is, tells us about how we feel. And really, it's dopamine that does help us to get up in the morning. It gives us this sense of, wow, if I do this, I'm going to feel good. And a healthy level of dopamine is really important. Low levels of dopamine have been associated with, obviously, Parkinson's disease, with restless leg syndrome, with ADHD, but also with depression, sleep problems, um, mood swings, etc. And really a loss of effect. What we mean is, you know, you look at someone and you can see they're, they're sparkling, but these people, it's almost like they've lost any facial motion. Uh, we say that they bit like a zombie. And I'm going to just tie this up with what I noticed over the last two or three years, where I have noticed a lack of energy coming out of the crown chakra. Now, I'm going to say that I've seen this more commonly in those who have been vaccinated for COVID. I'm going to make that claim. But recently, I was back in the UK, had a wonderful time, but a high proportion of those people who were vaccinated, or I should say a high proportion of the UK people were vaccinated. And just this one trip I took out into a shopping mall, I looked around and I just felt people were walking around without the usual, if I may say, British joyfulness. Now I'm British, so I can say this. But I was noticing that people were not really relating to anybody else. They were in their own little world. And usually there is a, a little bit of a smile or something that the Brits do. I thought, what's going on? And cheekily, I looked across in, when I was sitting in a cafe and I thought, my goodness, there's no energy in any of those crown chakras. I don't usually read other people's energy when they don't ask me, but I just looked across and I thought, what's gone wrong? I thought, there's no energy. And I've recognized this as one of the side effects, I'm going to say, of this particular ingestion that some people did in the last couple of years. And you can test out your own crown chakra. You can put your hand above your own head. And if you do that and just bounce a little bit up and down, although I say don't do it too often, you'll get a headache, you can feel whether or not there's a pressure or a little bit of a magnetic field that's push, pushing against your hand. And the normal 
crown chakra is about three or four inches in a normal day when we are you know, going about our daily business. But when I don't feel any energy there, I'm saying, what's going on? And I'm going to relate that somewhat to dopamine. I haven't done any studies. I couldn't find anything of this. But dopamine definitely, first of all, dopamine is a neurotransmitter that acts certainly around the hypothalamus. It's, it's found in other parts of your body as well, the adrenal glands, etc. But it's very much affected around the area of the third eye. And what I've always seen in illnesses such as Parkinson's is that when there's too much, when there's a lack of dopamine, it feels that the message doesn't go between the third eye and the crown chakra. There's a lack of connection. And dopamine's action is about motivating action. So if you've ever been around a Parkinson's person, they have difficulty motivating their action. Their brain is telling them to do something, but they can't do it. That's why um, you often see someone who's trying to get out of a chair who's got Parkinson's, they'll lean forward and use gravity to move them forward, or they'll lean forward to start a walking motion using gravity again. So that motivational energy, I connect with dopamine. And when we have somehow disconnected ourselves from our crown chakra and from the inspiration of our higher self through that crown chakra to ourselves, it feels that we become, if I say, more zombie-like. This is making sense to you. So I'm sensing that something's going on between the third eye and the crown and the crown and the star charge chakra above the head where there's this lack of motivation. And I think dopamine has a part to play in this. I don't want to necessarily go down that medical side, but I'm saying something's happening and it could be, it could be because of that, that injection. It could be because of 5G. It could be because of something's coming through the areas, but something's happening that's stopping that motivational energy. Now, if I want to just make sure that we have drugs like cocaine and heroin and methamphetamine, where literally that takes over the reward center of dopamine. So it increases dopamine, but eventually it takes over from dopamine and the reward has to be only that particular drug. And then there's not enough reward. So you keep taking the drug. Not just saying, I don't want to hype all your dopamine up too much. But having the right balance of dopamine is important. And I'm not sure, again, I couldn't find any studies linked to what's been going on in the last two or three years, but I do know that we have to find a balance in our dopamine to help us to feel motivated. And so it comes down to what foods could we eat? So dopamine is, you can't actually take dopamine except for obviously in a drug, but you can take tyrosine, which is an amino acid that helps us to create that dopamine. That's found in, in green leafy vegetables, in chicken, in apples, in almonds. You can go onto the internet and see all these other things. But I think more importantly, and this is where I want to end, it's all about finding inspiration again. And we have a the word inspiration means in spirit. And in English, we have that phrase that says lifting our spirits. 
and that lifting our spirits is about not being depressed. It is that, how do I lift my spirits? And to me, when I say that, it's moving air. It's literally reconnecting the spirit connection, the communication between our higher self and our crown chakra. It's interesting that I'm coming all the way around to where Mercury is, of course, the great communicator. So what I'm saying is, whether you, whatever you wish to do, if you're feeling depressed or down, even if you're feeling stressed, what's happened is you've disconnected from your heart, disconnected from your third eye, and you've disconnected from your spirit. Because the motivational force of spirit is to bring us back into balance and say, hang on a minute, I'm not in balance here. I need to take time out. I need to do these things. So calming ourselves down is often by lifting our spirits. Then we get back into a bigger picture of what really matters. Hope that makes sense. So what lifts your spirits is usually something that moves air. And that is usually music, dance, walking the dog, exercise, laughing, lighting a candle, meditating if you wish. But you can understand all these things actually do move the physical air. Sometimes people get on their bikes, motorbikes, whatever it is for you. But every time we feel out of balance, it isn't always that we need to stop moving. Sometimes we just need to start to move the air, the energy of our thinking, so that we can find the right balance and bring ourselves back into a calm place. I'm going to leave that with you. I hope you've enjoyed this journey through stress. A little is good, too much is not, but too little is really quite damaging to us. Even just humming is a start, because as we hum, we literally move the energy through that crown chakra and bring ourselves back in harmony with our soul. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.